0: This talk by John Sutherland is the final of nine in the series Vimalakirti, The Dream of Awakening, and The Room Where the Broken Heart Mends. He was given at Saragordo Temple in Santa Fe, New Mexico, on July twenty first, two thousand eleven. Good evening, Bodhisattvas. It seems like another lifetime ago, but. Um, A bit of of old news first, we were speaking a lifetime ago about um, the Gulf oil spill, do you remember that? We were speaking about the year of the bleeding ocean and um, talking about how the deep heart responds in such a time when there's so much turbulence at the surface of the waters. And um, I made a a vow at that time to um, install solar electricity at at my house. And um, this being our beloved New Mexico, it took a year. (laughs) And it was supposed to, the last connections were supposed to be made today and the switch turned, but this being our beloved New Mexico, maybe tomorrow (laughs) or on local time sometime soon, Um, my household will be run by the sun and... um, just wanted to follow up on that vow made last year. Um, Tonight is the last night, as far as I know, at this moment that we'll be spending with the sutra that Vimalakirti spoke. And I wanted to leave you with one image that... um, comes from toward the end of the sutra and then I wanted to, to leave time for any questions you have still about it any comments and some of you have spoken to me about how the sutras meant a lot to you and um, been a source of, of something good and, and I would love to hear any comments you have about that of what you, you take away from, from the months we've spent with the sutra so the image from the end happens um, after this um, this, this uh, debate about non-duality. That's the culmination of the, the many conversations that go on in the text. And then there's um, a lunch break because Shariputra starts to worry about how, how everybody's going to eat. And. Um, Vibhlakirti can read his thoughts, and so he sends someone off to a land very, very far away on the other side of the galaxy called Many Fragrances um, to, to take, pick up some takeout for the Bodhisattvas. So, so a single bowl of fragrant rice is brought back from the land of many fragrances, and of course, that single bowl feeds the thousands of people assembled together without being diminished in the slightest. And um, two, two small things that, that I loved about this passage is that in passing, the bowl of fragrant rice is said to be made of mercy. And all who partake of it, everyone who is fed by it that day, begins to exude a wonderful fragrance which is uh, similar to the fragrance that the trees exude on the planet, many fragrances. So at this point, this um, forest of fragrant trees decides that they will walk in a slow and stately manner back to the gardens on the outskirts of the city where the Buddha is staying with his uh, community. And they arrive there together and Ananda, who's the Buddha's attendant and has been staying with him there at the garden, says, gosh, you smell really nice. (laughs) What is that fragrance? And he asks Vimalakirti about it. And Vimalakirti describes it as follows. This is the image I wanted to to leave you with from the sutra. He says that that, um, in our lives and in our spiritual lives, there are times when we partake of this bowl of fragrant rice made of mercy. And that when we do that, for a while Ananda asks for how long does the fragrance last and Vimalakirti says for seven days but what I mean by that is for a while we are fragrant with this meal we have eaten but not yet digested and in the time before we digest it it acts on us to um, purify any poisons that are within us which is to say that any struggles we're having, any difficulties we're experiencing, any sorrows or rages or things that that seem to get in our way and cause us to cause harm to others, they are purified by this fragrant rice made of mercy. And in that time, during those seven days or um, five lifetimes that it takes for us to do that work, we are fragrant with that work. And I loved that the estate of purifying that within us which is troubling, that within us which causes us pain and causes others pain, is a holy time. It's a time in which we're fragrant when we are doing that good work. Um, and then after those, that time, however long that takes, um, when we are fragrant with the holy work, of purifying ourselves, which I would like to um, contrast with a very common idea in Zen that Americans seem to particularly like, which is the stink of Zen. And the stink of Zen means whenever you're doing anything that's sort of ostentatiously Zen, you know, sort of proudly, um, ornamentedly Zen. That's when you're you have the stink of Zen. And um, I'd like to. Replace that, or at least add to it the idea of the fragrance of Zen, that when we are doing this good work, when we are allowing our troubles and our struggles to surface so that we can release them, um, we are fragrant with Zen. That is the fragrance of Zen. Anyway, after seven days or five kalpas or however long it takes us to do that work, then we digest the food and we no longer are fragrant with it. And that moves us to whatever the next thing is. That is the nourishment, the fuel for our taking whatever the next step in our journey is. And I hear that um, fragrance going away at that point as being, because whatever this step we take is, whatever this next uh, thing we have come to, it has become ordinary. It doesn't even have a fragrance. It's just our ordinary lives now. We've completely digested it. We've completely made it our own and then that cycle gets repeated over and over again and then we eat again and then we purify again and then we move to the next thing and that provides the fuel to go on to the next thing and on and on it goes uh, in a kind of endless cycle and that is one of the, um, the closing images of the sutra and a kind of um, benediction, I think, on whatever you have eaten of this sutra, whatever you have taken into yourself, whatever you are in the process of digesting, um, that is your fragrance. And may you go on to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing, and may it continue to provide the nourishment you need for that. And just to remind us of why we do that, I wanted to bring in a koan from a few hundred years later, which is about Layman Pong, who was called the Vimalakirti of China. And um, Layman Pong is the guy who falls down on the ground and his daughter Ling Jiao throws herself down next to him and says, I saw you fall, so I'm helping. So that's that's Layman Pong. And um, at, at a, on another occasion, he's visiting... Uh, a Chan teacher named Dayu who's his Dharma brother which means they both had the same teacher who was great Master Ma and uh, they sit down to a lunch together and Layman Pong starts to serve himself from the common bowls and Dayu says don't you know that in the Vimalakirti Sutra it says a Bodhisattva should never eat anything that is not given so in other words you shouldn't be serving yourself you should only accept food when it is offered to you and Laman Pong responds, When I eat, all beings are nourished. So that's the next thing to remember. We do this eating so that all beings can be nourished. And the koans are full of beautiful um, evocations of that. They're, they're, it um, likens us to horses and cows where it says the horses eat and the cows are full rain falls on North Mountain clouds gather on North Mountain rain falls on South Mountain so all those ways in which whatever it is we're doing we're doing it within this um, vast system of interpermeation and to remember that that's why we're doing it so that's the image I wanted to leave you with and I do want to have time for questions, comments um, anything you want to say about about what you take what you have eaten of the vimalakirti sutra these talks are made available through your donations to cloud dragon the joan sutherland dharma works to learn more about her teachings and to make a tax deductible contribution please visit our donate page at joansutherlanddharmaworks.org